1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Thrilled to have you with us. Lots of stuff to talk about on a Friday. I'm in a good mood on a Friday. Uh, I know it's very warm for some out there. My wife loves uh, very warm weather. Uh, the warmer, the better is what my wife from Mexico says. So she's in a good mood, which makes me in a good mood. Uh, It's one of the things that definitely helps out a lot. Uh, Let's do this. Let's talk about some of the things that were said with the White House press secretary today, Corinne Jean-Pierre. I also want to cover something that's being asked by the Republican National Committee of anyone that's going to wind up being a a, a participant in an upcoming uh, GOP debate. And then finally, we'll end this segment with a little bit of Mike Pence conversation. I don't know why I'm setting all the table for this right now. And then also a woman who calls herself an office baddie, which is probably another thing I'm laughing at a lot. But first, uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre. Uh, the White House um, uh, press secretary wanted to make sure that everyone knows that the president of the United States yesterday, when he took a pretty bad fall, uh, tripped over a sandbag. He was literally sandbagged. Here we go. Uh, and just to just, you know, make sure we clear the record here, he tripped over uh, a, ba- a sandbag on the stage and b- briefly he tripped and got up uh-huh. and he, he got got right back up and continued uh, continued what he was there to do. He did not. Uh, he, he. There was yep. no need uh, for the doctor to see him nope, as it good. was related to the fall. The and he's doing fine. You he's saw fine. most. Of, some of you saw him last night when he returned. He seemed great. Uh, uh, getting off Marine One on the South Lawn. How weird is it that uh, because our president is the age that he is, and because this is not the first time he's uh, taken a spill, uh, that the White House press secretary needs to do this version of mumbly? He's fine. It was a sandbag. He didn't see it. It was black. He tripped over it. It was not his fault. Everything's great. Um, and I do love uh, that since this happened yesterday, there are now quite a few different videos online of some of the um, Air Force uh, young people who graduated and their reactions. There were people that seemed to be smiling, uh, especially once they probably noticed the president was OK. Uh, there was one woman fairly close to it that just seemed to turn and walk away. Essentially, uh, yep, I'm not going to be a part of this situation. Uh, but it is it is interesting to me. And I'm glad the president's OK. I don't want him to get hurt. That's not the, the point of a conversation like this. Uh, but the biggest reason that this wound up being a talking point at all is because it's not the first time. And it's one of a few different things that seems to happen to the president that demonstrates that he might not be a guy that makes sense to be in office for several additional years at his age and with the ways in which he can seem to get confused. Uh, he got lost several times yesterday trying to get to the stage, trying to get off the stage. But I digress. That's stuff for another time. I thought this was interesting. Uh, Fox News asked a question to Corinne Jean-Pierre that certainly seemed subtle in nature, uh, a little subtle, uh, asking about if someone who is a admitted drug user or had a, a drug issue should be able to possess a firearm. Uh, this is, of course, a a way to reference the Hunter Biden ongoing conversations and his attempt to uh, get a gun while he was going through a lot of his his drug stuff that's out there and in the book and whatnot. And I do think it's interesting uh, that Corinne Jean-Pierre is just, I'm not going to go there. I'm not talking about this at all uh, because, well, if Hunter Biden isn't somehow connected to this topic, you would talk about it a lot. Should someone who's a drug user be able to possess a firearm? I'm not going to get into uh, tit for tat uh, on this. I'm I'm just not going to. I'm not going there. I would like to talk about something else. The president was sandbagged. That's all we're here to talk about today. Uh, Other things uh, moving on. I thought this was interesting. Uh, The GOP is going to require people that debate in the first presidential um, debate, uh, the first uh, nominee debate for them. I don't know why I'm struggling to say the first primary debate. There we go. Those are the words. August 23rd, which is in Milwaukee. 
Uh, they're going to require everyone to sign a pledge that says they will support the inevitable nominee no matter who it is. What's interesting about that is not just the former president and his um, ways in which in the past he has said that if he's not the nominee, he would consider running as an independent um, or as just, you know, uh, running because he thinks he would do a better job than anyone else, uh, which would destroy the Republican um, candidate's opportunity to be elected. It would destroy it. If, if Trump ran as an independent, which to me would actually kind of be fascinating, I'll throw that out there as far as a guy who does what I do. Um, but as far as the party goes, it would it would be incredibly disruptive. Uh, also, other people that will be debating, including Chris Christie, uh, who's been talked about a lot and has literally, in my opinion, basically no shot at this thing. He is he has not done well before uh, the former New Jersey governor. So I don't know why. And he's very critical of Trump, uh, why he would think that it makes sense to try again. You know, what's funny, actually, um, at least funny to me, is the politicians who don't give up on trying to be the president, who keep running. Time Ross Perot is one name that immediately comes to mind. I'm sure you can think of others. I wonder if somebody in their life, like, failed to discourage them from doing stuff as a, as a kid. Like, oh, I want to be a famous, uh, you know, a musician. And you have no talent whatsoever. You're like, yeah, fine, you'll do it one day. And that's what eventually gets to here. But I don't think Christie is a shot. I don't think most people on that stage will have a legitimate shot unless they do an incredible job in the first second debate when the crowd when the amount of people on stage is is insane and especially when you're talking about people like the former president uh, who has done a, a very good job of ne- of grabbing national attention for good or bad I actually had a conversation with a buddy of mine who has been a lifelong republican I, I had a conversation with him just the other night and he said to me, he looked me, uh, you know, in the eyes and said it as if it were very important. He said that he thinks Trump is bad for the party. Uh, and I know that there are people that absolutely disagree with that. I know there are people that might agree with it. Uh, but he said that it, Trump needs to go away uh, because the midterm elections convinced my buddy. And truthfully, this is not my sentiment. This is someone else's. Uh, but convinced my friend that that Trump does more harm than good. What I thought was really interesting about that uh, or really interesting about what could happen on this debate stage if Trump even chooses to not be a part of it is how little I think Trump cares about that part of it. And what I mean is his popularity does seem at times to be separate from someone who would say that they are Republican, um, independent, whatever it might be that an individual would say politically they are to also vote for Trump. And so I, I think he might be the least concerned about any sort of connection to the Republican Party other than thinking it's the easiest way for him to get elected to remain the Republican candidate. Um, but I, I think that uh, Trump may very well and people who support Trump may very well consider it um, the party of Trump, uh, not necessarily Republican. For, not that the ideals are all that different. I just I, I wonder because I think one of the rumors is that Trump won't participate in some of these debates. He's not even sure he needs to. And he might be right about that, however much. Uh, some may hate or like the guy. He might be uh, capable, quite capable, of winning the nomination on the Republican side of the aisle without even showing up to those types of events. Because, And this is the unique thing about him that's not true about anyone else, certainly not true uh, about DeSantis at all, is he can pretty much have a debate or have a, a stage the size of a debate anytime, wherever he wants to go, because the people who hate him, the the liberal media that hates him so much, will cover the crap out of everything he talks about, as will, of course, anyone on the conservative side of the aisle. So 
Uh, he does seem to be someone who um, doesn't necessarily need what everybody else in that stage will be fighting for, which is a, a way to convince people of uh, their own star power, their own relevance uh, to the party or to the American people. Uh, and I'm not trying to say this as an ultra Trump fanboy either. I think I've said on this show before that I, I do like DeSantis. I would like to see him do well on these kind of debates. Um, but I, I will also not be a person that is uh, never, ever, ever in the world of a Trump uh, because of how successful he is. I mean, come on. I think the no Trumpers and the only Trumper people are are both kind of um, confused. Uh, anyway, I'll move on after just saying that and throwing that out there. One other thing that is kind of relevant to the uh, former uh, president, Mike Pence, he has just found out that the Justice Department will not seek any sort of criminal charges in the classified document probe into the mishandling of classified documents uh, when he was the vice president. I do think this is fascinating, however different people in courtrooms are going to tell you what Trump did and what Biden did and what Pence did. Most people in the United States will not discern any of those differences because all three individuals had classified documents that they shouldn't have had in places that they shouldn't have been. And only one of those three individuals is going to potentially face very significant charges in the world of our judicial system because of the decision to not give classified documents uh, to the people that said they, they were supposed to have them. All three guys, the former vice president, uh, the former president and the current president, have screwed up in the classified document situation, and they've all broken laws if you want to be specific about whether or not doing that is legal or illegal. But only uh, going after one of them and having this story break just before Pence actually announced that he's running for president, I think that'll happen next week, is fascinating from a political you know, perspective. And I think actually all of these things might only simply help uh, Trump to be relevant to a lot of people who think that he is unfairly targeted uh, because it it seems on its surface to be very, very true. All right. Quick break. A lot more. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. I mentioned this a little bit ago, and I don't know why I'm so amused by this story. Uh, there's an article in the New York Post about it. A woman went viral. Her name is Danny on social media for saying that she was a, quote, office baddie. Uh, which apparently means a very attractive person who works in an office. I don't know why the term patty is used. Uh, anyway, uh, she says that she has a lazy girl office job uh, because she uh, thinks, uh, based on her looks, uh, she is making very good money. She says she makes a bomb salary to talk to no one, take breaks whenever she wants, and do very, very little in the office is, again, quote, an office a baddie. Uh, she then recommended to all of her followers and this video has 1.6 million views on it, that you go find your own office job, sis, where you can work very, very little and get paid for just essentially being uh, the cute girl in the office. I don't I don't know. This I find this hilarious uh, on several fronts. The first one being if this woman uh, doesn't get fired uh, from the job she has, bragging about the way in which uh, she has her job, then she's right about the thing she's saying because there would be no better demonstration that I deserve to be canned and I'm not here to really try very hard than bragging about it like this on social media for anyone like people who work with her uh, might not be thrilled unless the office is just full of office baddies. I don't know. But even more so than that, like the if you do get fired, um, which I, again, imagine most companies would can somebody uh, that said this sort of stuff uh, publicly, um, then it, it just shows how 
how dumb so many of these things are uh, that people put up on social media and go viral for and how much more important it is to be viral than say, I don't know, keep a job. Uh, but I was I was heavily amused. Uh, by every part of the story, uh, people actually that were responding in the comment section, some saying that their first job or a couple jobs they've had uh, seem to be that way. And I've, I've talked about this before on the show. I actually used to kind of uh, joke back and forth uh, with one of my uh, former producers, with uh, Dalton Kemper. Uh, and we both acknowledge that uh, good-looking people have good-looking roles that are different than everybody else's. There's actually psychology that packs that up, uh, but I don't think it goes this far. I don't think you can brag about doing nothing in the office all day and being a, quote, office baddie, and you wind up still uh, keeping your job. But I found that very, very funny. Uh, another story uh, that I thought was interesting, too, also a, a viral thing on social media, is something called a passport bro. <laughs> I don't know why this is what I'm doing on a Friday with my show, but darn it, I'm having fun. Uh, passport bros are guys that feel like they're not going to find a traditional relationship uh, here in the United States anymore, and they want to find a traditional relationship. So they are traveling to other countries. Uh, they don't want to do a mail order thing, at least according to this article, uh, but they want to meet someone who has a different value system uh, than someone raised in the United States because uh, they think that will be uh, better for them. Um, I'm sure people get attacked for some of the things they say here, and don't shoot the messenger. I didn't say any of the things that I just read off of this screen that's in front of me in this in this studio, uh, but I will say at least one uh, somewhat connected to, to the position that's being taken here and some dudes who are going to be attacked for the things they've said now on social media uh, by a lot of other people passport bro apparently the hashtag uh, for you to look up uh, but being married to somebody from a different culture uh, demonstrates a lot of the ways in which every single culture uh, is quite a bit different and actually you know what even more so i'll just throw this out there so yesterday i talked about this a little bit uh twitter was having this back-and-forth thing about this Daily Wire documentary uh, that was made about a year ago. Uh, some people consider it offensive. Uh, a lot of people who like it um, or you know, probably weren't going out deciding that it had to be offensive uh, just consider it to be a simplistic demonstration of some of the things going on in our society now. Uh, but the documentary is called What is a Woman? And a guy who works at the Daily Wire, which is a conservative media outlet, uh, went around the country and asked people, to answer that question and certainly ask people that would struggle to answer that question. But here's what I found most fascinating about it. And it's, it's all over the Internet now. For a little while, Twitter was saying they weren't going to publish it. Uh, but Elon said, no, we are. So Elon actually just shared it on his own social media page uh, about halfway through the documentary. I've been watching a lot of it because it's been out and I, I never wound up buying it. But I know uh, the Daily Wire made a lot of money selling Matt Walsh's documentary. There's a minute. I think it's like 40, 30 minutes in. To the movie after Matt Walsh has talked to uh, psychologists that believe certain things, uh, talked to educators who believe certain things, talked to a lot of people uh, that he certainly would disagree with. And many of them struggled to answer the most simplistic question he was asking in the documentary. What is a woman? He then traveled to Africa and he shot a few minutes of video uh, talking to several people of an African tribe. And they seemed surprised, very surprised. Uh, they seemed to um, almost laugh at all the different things he was saying and how those were the concerns of the society uh, where he's from. Uh, actually, my favorite part of what I saw in the documentary so far is when the translator has to keep asking Matt Walsh, the guy who's uh, doing the documentary, to explain what he's saying because he didn't know how to translate it to the other people uh, that were responding to it. And so eventually they get to the point where they're all sort of uh, laughing and smiling, and they say, those are not the concerns we have here. 
in Africa. Those are not the things uh, that we're talking about, that we're debating about. Uh, those are not, you know, the most pressing issues uh, for any of us in this in this uh, part of our community. And I thought that was fascinating. Uh, beyond anything, he might be trying to say, you know, with the the culture disagreements and whatnot, but of how how obvious, how simplistic it is, and how often forgotten uh, it is. Um, that other cultures throughout the world worry about very, very different things, uh, things that maybe we're not talking about here in the United States. And I think sometimes, uh, especially maybe the younger of our, our society, absolutely forget that. And so it was sort of fascinating to see that. And for that reason, along with a few others, I do recommend people uh, check out the documentary now that it's it's free and available on Twitter. And it's causing a lot of conversation and reaction. And so even if you wind up agreeing or disagreeing with the documentary, Watching it is probably better than not seeing it uh, when you're not, you know, paying any money for it. It's it's completely out there and free uh, to have a more educated or more uh, knowledgeable version of a back and forth uh, discussion about it. Um, and I'm I'm like 45 minutes into an hour and a half uh, documentary that is easily described as interesting. A quick break. A lot more. Will's got the news. 1470s and AM. 100.3s and FM. 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Brett Brooks, 25 News, hanging out as she usually does on Friday. She's also Hello. brought along two friends. Yes. Hey, bro, oh, is that microphone broken? Yes, I was going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> what happened over there? I don't know. That's it's not, not good. attached. Yeah, that's definitely broken. That's very not um, okay. All right. We'll have to figure out that at some point. As You've done a good job. Before I got yeah. here. No, yeah, that definitely wasn't you. Um, you're a professional, though, because look at you've like angled it correctly, and it's going to work fine for Thank this segment. You. Uh, you've brought two. two uh, dogs with you. You brought your dog. Yes. yes. Your yes. dog's name, Mister. Okay, and then and another his dog. Cousin is Madison. Madison, uh, uh, boy, you're in a girl. Yes. Gotcha. And those are not very big dogs. No, Mister is seven pounds. When I last checked, um, Madison's about the same. They're both terriers. Mister is a uh, York. He's a mix. I say he's mm-hmm. part wolf because <laughs> he has a little bit of wolf in him. Nice. But I don't know what his dad was. He was. Um, I fost. Well, his mom was fostered. And, oh, gotcha. Okay. And then Madison was also a rescue. She's a Westie Terrier. They are and very well behaved dogs. Radio visually, Madison like the dog on a Caesar. Yes. Food there commercial. you go. Nice. And they have Instagram too. Mister and Madison on Instagram. Really? Yes. They they have a joint Instagram account. Yes. Okay. Good. Uh, people can follow that. We'll talk about that more in a bit. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Uh, what's been going on on television? I saw you did a story about AI technology recently. Yes. That one was about. Um, there's this new van that's going to be out all month scavenging all of Peoria streets to see if there's any like microscopic cracks in the pavement mm-hmm. and that will help determine if the road eventually will need to be fixed so more construction is cool. on the way <laughs> yes. but it's just interesting how they're going to use it yeah AI technology to really um, take a you know uh, like you said, deeper look, uh, better look, and be kind of uh, ahead of some of these uh, street repair things that we need. That does sound exciting. Uh, it's sort of like the the thing you see in the grocery store going through the aisles and telling you to fill to restock stuff, but the, the car those. version. You know, you'd like the little tiny, like human sized no, one. No, I haven't seen okay. those. That's kind of cool. They're at the uh, the schnucks and they try to bump into me all the time. I feel like they're chasing <laughs> me, Brett. I do. I really do. I think it's just me. When I get in there, the AI is like, we don't like this man, and they just kind of follow me around. And That's so it's kind of cool. You know, the museum has something like that too, where nice. it gives you a self-directed tour. Okay, cool. Like a little machine that follows right. you. And so this is uh, to me, and this is my dumb way of explaining it, like the the car version of it. Uh, is there actually a person inside the vehicle? Yes, there okay. is. Yes, one of the acres asked. 
that too. Yeah. It's the camera technology that is AI, oh, gotcha. not okay. the actual thing. I don't know why I wanted it to be a full on like uh, computer driving around town know, and then probably following cool. me around. I assume that would be another part of it. Maybe at some in the point. future, maybe. It's not, it's not too far <laughs> away. Right. I say negative things about AI on the show, they probably know. Um, what else has been <laughs> going on that you've been talking about on TV? So, a really interesting story this Bloomington mother received her second heart transplant. Her name is Michaela Montgomery, and she's in Chicago right now. What day did I do that story on? Was that Monday? Uh, yeah, that was the 30th. So yes, yeah, so yeah. she went in for surgery that day, and I was able to talk to her in the morning. And wow. then she has since been out of surgery. I know that her mother said that they had a little situation operate. It was 12 hours wow. to get another heart. Wow. Um, she's out. I think they had a little bleeding issue with, with the doctor, so she is still asleep from surgery. But she was born with a heart condition. Mm-hmm. I said it on air. I was so proud of myself. <laughs> Cardio uh, myopathy. Hypertropic cardiomyopathy. Yes, hypertropic. That's what I was. Yes. Nailed and it. so it was a heart condition. Pretty much the thickening of her heart was not allowing the blood to flow through. Mm-hmm. So she had to get a new heart when she was nine. Wow. And then it lasted for this long. And then she had a heart disease. And so she has to get another heart. And she's 26. She's now. 26. Yeah. yeah. So and she's gone through two heart transplants at the age yes. of 26. Yes. That is that's amazing. And that her, her dad also had the same condition and he passed away from it last wow. year. Wow. OK. Well, so she also thinks that her dad is the one who gave her this new heart because she was low on the organ list. And then she was recently bumped up because her condition was getting worse and they couldn't find a heart. They found one a week before and it didn't match because her antibodies was fighting against that heart. And so they got a new heart. They found a new heart miraculously. And wow. she thinks that was her dad. Wow. That's it's a very moving story. Uh, you can actually find all this stuff, by the way, on WEEK's website and watch every one of the reports that uh, Brett Brooks does. Uh, what's coming up? Do you have anything you can tease at all for us? So Juneteenth is coming up. It's, I've always been, been following Juneteenth for like the last year. Mm-hmm. Nancy Leggins Cossie legacy. And so this year, Pekin is celebrating her. Peoria is celebrating her. And there's going to be two different historical markers put up, one in Pekin, one in Peoria. Wow. Peoria is going to be on the southwest, on the corner of Southwest Adams and Griswold. Mm-hmm. Um, you could, I think it's up now, technically, but the official dedication is on the 14th. Cool. And then Pekin is doing their celebration on Saturday the 17th. So I'm going to have another longer story about Nancy Leggins Costly and how the city is honoring her. You know what's funny about that? Uh, our newsroom has been covering uh, some of what's going on and what you just teased that's coming up. And the first reaction I had when I started to hear her name is like, ah, oh, I've heard about that from Brett Brooks a while ago. I've been in on this story for months yes. now. It was kind of cool. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, yeah, please watch the show, listen to the, to the radio interviews with you, and you know all this stuff. Um, yes. But it's cool that we're getting much closer to that. And actually just, again, and I know you've talked about this before in the show, the story of the individual and yes. how how not well-known uh, it's been, even though it's it's a person that's significant historically for our country and right in our yes. backyard in yes. Pekin. And yeah. it's also part of Lincoln history. I mean, with the land of Lincoln, I think it's interesting that because Lincoln is known for the Emancipation Proclamation and freeing the slaves, that we don't know who the first one was that he actually freed. Yeah. And she was right here in Pekin. Yeah. You know, and Nancy, Lincoln, you know, was 32 years old. Nancy was 23 at the time. So this is what initially made Lincoln the president, the person that we know him to be. I don't wow. think that his mindset would have been on this topic of trying to free the slaves if he didn't come across Nancy. And then after he freed her, him and his troops, because Pekin was his second largest law firm mm-hmm. outside of Springfield. So he was walking past Nancy's house when she was a free woman consistently and seeing her kids grow up. And so wow. they think that they actually had like a relationship, Nancy and Lincoln. Mm-hmm. 
while he was still young and um, part of the the civil the troops sure, the, sure. whatever yep. position he had in the army at the time. Because <laughs> sure. right. I think they used to go north to Metamora, mm-hmm. so they used to walk past the house all the time. So he knew her, and yes. you think that there was some sort of friendship. It's just fascinating. Yes. Then, were you surprised when you first started reporting that story how significant of a connection it, it was, how significant of an individual it was, and how it's like right here in Pekin? It we gives did, me we did... goosebumps when I talk when I think about the story. <laughs> Yeah. Because that court case alone was a 10-year process for her to be free. She started at 13. Wow. And then she got to 23. But it's just all the little coincidences. When she was freed at 23 in court, she had a son. And I'm pretty sure he was one month old. That son went down to Galveston, Texas for the original Juneteenth 20 years later wow. and freed the last slaves. Wow. So she was the first one freed. He was in court. And then later... Uh, his name is William Costley. He went to Galveston to free the last slaves. Yeah. So in his whole like little lifetime, he right. did this thing. Yeah, it's so many coincidences with yeah, this story. It's amazing. I'm glad that the story is getting more and more um, publicity, more and more coverage yes. uh, here in the area. And as I said, again, if you were paying attention to Brett Brooks, you knew about this a few months ago. So you can feel a little bit better about that. Um, before <laughs> I let you go, is there anything else that uh, you uh, see coming up or anything else you want to talk about? I know you've got the pageant uh, thing yes. going on, too. Miss Juneteenth, we are still looking for that one special woman who wants to represent. She has to be between ages of 18 and 26 years old mm-hmm. and i already have the crown and sash it's so pretty i'm gonna send you a picture of it nice but um we're looking for looking to appoint someone this year and next year we have a competition and miss juneteenth will go on to compete at miss illinois earth at the civic center on july 15th and 16th okay so oh. you're gonna appoint someone out the dogs are starting to have a part of the conversation i love that <laughs> no, Missy, here, something. <laughs> that's really fine uh, you're gonna appoint someone this year and then they immediately get to go and compete in something else so They're this competing is competing for the state pageant this is a pretty nice uh setup you know yes. somebody wins this and then they move on uh, um, how do people get involved? How do they apply for the the you know win? If you, I will give out my actual phone my phone number to text me um, right. because Rock it's on up. the website, but it's like a complicated link. Sure, to that's say fine. It out loud. Brett so, Brooks is giving her number out on the air. Didn't think this was going to happen. Three, but let's go. Three three zero nine six three four one four eight nine. Text me if you know a girl. If you are that girl, if you have a daughter, a granddaughter between those ages, and I can connect you guys. Also, www.missillinoisearth.com will also bring you to that. Cool. But the Miss Juneteenth isn't it's local, but it's not necessarily on that website. Sure. So just text me and I'll, or just find me on Facebook too, Brett Brooks. I have the link on the website. There we go. All right, nice. Uh, so many different ways to get in contact with Brett Brooks. Thank you as always yes, for hanging or out. Or anyone part of the Yanni Collective. If you guys know the Yanni Collective putting on a Juneteenth festival, they can also get you in contact with me too. Cool. That's who I'm working with to do it. Perfect. I'll throw that out again a little bit later on in the show, but thank you as always for hanging out. Nice thank to meet you. both of the dogs, uh, Mr. and Misty. Madison. Yeah, Madison. Oh, I totally Mr. Screwed and Madison that up. on Instagram too. Okay, there you go. Mr. and Madison on Instagram. <laughs> Quick break a lot more. More. It's the first time I've, I've promoted a dog Instagram on the show. Uh, first, Blake, a lot more, 1470, 100.3 WMBD. 1470-100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. That's an AM, 1470 and FM, 100.3, and all over the Internet, too, uh, WMBDradio.com. I saw that Splash Mountain is closing. Uh, today is officially the last day. Of Splash Mountain. 34 years after it opened, um, there were issues at times with Splash Mountain. I never went and wrote on it, but I, I guess it was so culturally, um, you know, well known that I've certainly heard of Splash Mountain and seen videos of people. Um, you know what this reminded me of, though, and some of the the things in which people might have gotten hurt or had certain kinds of issues while on Splash Mountain was a much more famous to me a place in New Jersey. Uh, that definitely got in a lot of trouble for being insanely dangerous uh, as far as an amusement park goes or a water park uh, goes. It was called Action Park. 
um, people would get hurt there a lot. And there were a lot of class action lawsuits. And yet the, the commercials and videos were like, you're going to have a great time. This is going to be amazing fun. Come on down to Action Park. Uh, and it was odd because, well, uh, I'm proud of where I was born, New Jersey, the state I grew up in. Uh, that place was usually packed, even after you had news story after news story saying that bad things happened because uh, times were different. Uh, back, I think it opened in the 70s and ended in the uh, – or it closed in the early 2000s. But now Splash Mountain, which had nowhere near as many issues as Action Park in New Jersey did, uh, also no longer a thing. Uh, today is National Donut Day. I don't often talk about the national holiday stuff because I don't know who invented these and they seem like they happen every single day. And I don't know uh, how much of it, if any of it, is real. Uh, But the reason I thought this one was kind of funny is that, yes, there's a lot of uh, donut places uh, that are doing deals. Krispy Kreme, Dunkin', um, a bunch of places. And I don't know. I'm assuming you can still get some kind of free donut uh, even at this time in the afternoon there. But the other one was Taco Bell. Taco Bell had a donut deal. If you ordered through any of the big delivery apps and spent 20 bucks, they were going to throw in a two-pack of Cinnabon delights that they have at Taco Bell that I have not really paid attention to before and definitely will. And I sort of love this. I sort of want Taco Bell now to have a special for every single holiday. A national holiday is just another item. I think that would be a great place to get additional stuff. Uh, but I thought that was, you know, uh, uniquely uh, jumping in and not jumping away from uh, a thing I don't talk about a lot. And then also actually free food. Let's go ahead and do another one. Uh, Chipotle is giving away 300 burritos every time a player on either side of the NBA finals hits a three-pointer. And they shoot a lot of threes in today's uh, version of the NBA. Um, so up to 300 burritos. Uh, it's just an odd thing. Up to 35 uh, bucks per game. Um, will be given out. That's a total of 10,570 free burritos uh, each game, and it could uh, be more than 73,000 if 35 threes are hit in every single uh, game, which, well, I don't think that's going to happen, and the series goes at least seven games. Uh, but that's that's something else, man, to do the free burrito. I'm not watching uh, the NBA. I'm not watching the finals. Uh, I talked about earlier uh, this week how the NBA had a couple interesting sports stories, and yet I think there's been some damage to the to the product, so it's not as popular as it used to be. Back in, in Michael Jordan's era, when I would watch it all the time, there were less things uh, that made some of those uh, those conversations uh, what they are today, uh, less conversations in general about the – is usually just about the sport itself. Uh, now it's about other stuff, and so I have not uh, been paying much attention, although I, di- I did see – um, a few minutes of the game when I was at the VFW last night, and uh, I know that the Heat lost game one, and I, I think that maybe the Nuggets are going to just steamroll the Heat uh, in this series. But again, I'm not watching enough, so don't trust my opinion all that much. Um, I, I saw this. I, I kind of like this story. And I don't know how much I've talked about this on the show. I know I've talked about it a little. I'm a terrible cook. I'm a really, really bad cook. And my wife is a really, really good cook, so I luckily don't have to cook very many things. Uh, But I saw to be considered a good home cook, you should be making six new recipes a month, just trying six new things. Doesn't matter what they are. Doesn't matter if you perfect them or not. But if you want to be good at this uh, as a skill or good enough at it as a home cook, then you should be challenging yourself to do six brand new things. And I was actually envisioning like going down the road of starting that in my home of starting to make items and having Betty come home and explain her what the recipe is and how many it would take before we're both um, uh, in agreement that I should not continue to do this. Uh, But I do, I do like it. Um, It also said that there are people who will not try certain things. 
Uh, but there's a actually top five of things that you should try if you haven't uh, that might make you a better cook or a better eater. Uh, one of those is bison. Uh, there actually are great bison burgers uh, in town, so that's definitely option one. Um, certain types of rice that are maybe less uh, popular um, are suggested here. Lamb is suggested here. Uh, kimchi is suggested. And then uh, curry as uh, top five things you should also try to diversify the old palate. Uh, I've had most of that stuff. I think I just haven't had uh, kimchi, although I probably have, and my wife just uh, didn't tell me. But anyway, I just thought that was interesting uh, that the barometer now to be considered like a, a good cook per se is to do uh, six items of uh, six brand new things every single month. And so I'm, I'm going to be six for six this month because literally anything I make uh, would be a brand new item for, for me. Now, one other thing I saw out there that I thought was pretty interesting, and I, I commented about this a little bit uh, the other day, but it's, it's making the rounds and going more places. Our researchers at a New York university uh, did that study to decide what the perfect uh, boobs uh, looked like, and people are now reacting to the um, first set of information about what perfect is and what perfect isn't. Uh, and just to, to remind you, because, uh, again, I talked about this yesterday, the study, which used uh, about a 1,000 men and women and showed them photos of 25 different uh, sets of, of chests, um, found that the perfect set of boobs, I don't know why as a child I giggle through saying this, are moderately sized um, but fairly uh, perky is some of the words in front of me. Uh, they also um, uh, tend to be different, uh, meaning they don't I, uh, match identically. And a lot of people are weighing in now. A lot of people are saying that this is wrong. Uh, social media is reacting to the what I said, the scientists um, wasting money in the process to begin with to go down this study. But I actually I thought it was kind of funny when I dove a little deeper that it was a 1,000 men and women. And I wonder if, like, the men really threw off the survey like most of the men gave 9.9 or 10 out of 10 across the board, and maybe the women's uh, voting is what actually caused you to get any sort of uh, act, any sort of answer to the question. I would like to see the individual data. I would like to see what the what the average score was uh, for the guys who participated in this survey and the girls who participated. And also, I imagine the amount of dudes who are like any other scientific study you guys have, man. I'm ready to be back here next week whatever else you're looking into. Uh, but I love the fact that uh, this story has uh, wound up being a few more places and a lot more people are reacting to it. All right, a uh, quick break.